You're listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. pressing question on everybody's mind is whether or not Marjorie and I will ever make it to the Catwoman book and my answer is I'm going to force her to it I think what out of context left swing is that <laughs> so the c- Sarah J Mass was like a guest author in this DC icon oh, series uh, <laughs> and I will get you to this Catwoman book if it's the last thing I, I do there are so many authors who I like their other books who then have to have to I'm saying have to they probably making some good money and that's why they have to right um write for these superheroes or media properties and they write these novels and they're just I don't mind it I don't mind it they're just not what I want to read that author for yeah sure 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 I agree with that but hers is about Catwoman and honestly they sit in the library and they don't get checked out that much so I don't know what we're writing them for huh interesting well we'll get there well okay it'll be like 17 years from now (laughs) (laughs) if we ever make it that far well welcome welcome to the pod of of mass Mass and methods Methods. (laughs) i'm Allie, and i'm a fantasy romance reader and lover of those things i'm also a history teacher sadly (laughs) <laughs> and my name is Marjorie, and I'm a writer and a librarian, and this is my first time reading through the Massiverse. Yeah, so we are going to make our way through a little bit at a time. Welcome to, to our, our podmast. That almost sounded professional. I think oh we really God. have it. I think we're, we're getting it. <laughs> second season, episode two, here we are. You're welcome, we everybody. Are. So I think we got to start with this five-sentence summary. All right. Okay. 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 I'm first this week, right? Because you were first last week? Sure. You started the second yes, season. Okay. Go. Oh, I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we did splendidly. So yeah. there's a big expectations on your shoulders. Yes. After crashing the wedding, Reese swoops Farah off to the night court. Where he then proceeds to harass her into learning. <laughs> as his time as a substitute teacher, he also decides to give her a politics lesson using a grand map room. <laughs> Eventually, Farah returns to the spring court once her week in the night court is done and gets grilled on all the things that happened there. And then we find out that Tamlin is a Republican. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's it. We did great. (laughs) We did great. And also, that was like my exact thought when I was reading that last chapter. I was like... Is Tamlin a Republican? I like, think he is. I words. think he is. Literally the words. I okay. Before we start, I gotta say something. I screamed might not be the right word. Squealed, squealed aloud twice during these four chapters. Yes. So there is so <laughs> much good and and fun in this book it that is. It, and so we're fun. only on chapter eight. La- in the last book, by mm-hmm. chapter eight, you were like, "What is happening? What is this bullshit?" Yeah, yeah, and I, I just wanted to compare, because you, you talked about there were longer chapters. Yeah. Not, not astronomically long, just mm-hmm. longer than some of her real mini, mini chapters. Right. Um, and so in this book, you get to about page 100 in, by chapter eight. eight. 
Um, in the last one, it would have been set page 75. So okay. We are... 15 pages ahead. 25 pages 25, ahead. 25, 25 pages, pages ahead. ahead. She's a history teacher. I'm a librarian. We don't do math. Nope. I can do fey math. We do math. I don't uh, know what that ac- is. What is this? Acamath? We do acamath. 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 It has acamath. Yeah. A court of mist and fury, but not acamathematics. Right. So I'm obsessed with... I can't. I'm obsessed with this book. So let's get, <laughs> let's get right to let's it. I am going. chapter five. And I called it Night Court Airbnb. I just called it Wedding Crashers. Mm, great. Great. You think Reese is a Vince Vaughn or an Owen Wilson? Mm, more of a Vince Vaughn. I don't he know. is Vince. I agree that he's Vince. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that because I love Vince a lot more. Okay. <laughs> Here's my summary. Feyre shows up in the night court after having her wedding crashed. They fight in what I'm going to call the great room while um, she describes its endless beauty in her head. Mm -hmm, She mm -hmm. throws her shoe at Reese's head and he gives her a badass bedroom and lets her sleep and then calls her to breakfast and forces her to learn how to read and shield. And then we meet the Morrigan. Mm -hmm. And that's chapter one. That's chapter one. So let's talk about it. I or, well, chapter five, the first yeah, chapter. chapter five, the first chapter we're doing tonight. Let's break it down into a couple sections. Okay. Let's do the wedding crashing. Let's do her getting to the night court and then like the next day. Okay. So okay. let's start with the wedding. I felt like these chapters were so long. I wanted to break down the concept so we don't skip around too much. Right. In this stuff. All we had in the last chapter was Reese um, saying, hello, favorite darling. Mm-hmm. So now we get the actual, like, happenstances of the court. It was dramatic. People were fleeing. I didn't expect that. And at first I was like, are they that scared of Reese? Or are they that scared of what a battle between Reese and Tamlin would look at? like? Where they're like, damn, I got to get out of the battle zone because these two are going to tear shit up if they get in a fight. I think that's an accurate read on the situation being that Tamlin is the strongest fae in the spring court and Reese is presumably the strongest fae at all. So we're looking at like a serious throwdown, especially if Lucian gets involved, mm-hmm. which he would. Right. And the Sentinels that are left. So right, they were like people I'm... are fleeing for their own safety. I think absolutely. Mm-hmm. Also, who fled? Ianthe. Ianthe. And Tamlin even looks for her at one point. Mm. She is gone. There will be more to this backstory, but Ianthe backs away, and Reese picks up on it, and he's like, "You can't finish this ce- the ceremony because Tamlin is trying to finish the wedding right now." He's yeah. like, "Let's just get married, close the deal," but pretty quickly he comes to the realization that he cannot stop the bargain or resand. No. And I think Lucian is mad at him. Lucian's like, try a little harder. Mm. It like makes the comment that Lucian like can't believe that Tamlin's giving in so easily. But Feyre's scared. Would you be scared? I think I would be. I, I mean, it's a weird situation because I think as we see, she's not truly afraid of Reese. She's willing to throw a shoe at him. Like, she doesn't want to go with him, but I don't, she doesn't have mortal fear of him. But I think think she has fear of the night court. Yes. I think she has fear of it being similar to Under the Mountain. Correct. Um, Because they said it was modeled, Under the Mountain was modeled, and she knows all these things that trigger her. She knows she doesn't want to be in a situation like this again, but I don't think she's scared of Reese. Yeah. I think she's way too casual with him. 
She's yeah. overly casual yes. with Reese, which yeah. she probably shouldn't be. be. She should be overly casual with Tamlin and is not. No, exactly. That's the problem that here. That is the problem. <laughs> Herein lies the problem. Oh, underline it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So also I kind of noticed in that section, and this is the last thing before we'll move on to going to the night court, that it mentions multiple times that Reese has his hand on Feyre. Like he is holding her wrist and then her elbow and then her waist. I think he is, from the moment he shows up, he's preparing to winnow out of there. Yeah. He's, he's ready to go. He's, he's not like, here to fight Tamlin. No, he doesn't want to call stuff for Feyre. He's there for the bargain. <laughs> or because she pleaded to or be Or because she pleaded. Yeah. All right. So we go to the night court, and this is our first dip into apparition, which you brought up last week. Yes. In Harry Potter, it's apparition. In a wrinkle in time, they're folding things in this universe. As we learn a little later, it's called winnowing. And it uses the exact same explanation as... A wrinkle, wrinkle in time, time where you fold the fabric. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I looked up the word winnow, and it's actually when you blow a current of air through grain in order to remove the chaff oh, from the outside. So that's where the root word winnow comes from. I was like, I want to see if this is a real thing. And it is. So how do you feel about the night court? We get there, and it is beautiful. Yeah. I'm seeing, imagining, like, these very um, open structure open concept big open like arches it's like it's a little bit like agrabah it's a little bit like uh, like rivendale i mean her little like uh night court outfits that are like jasmine yeah jasmine exactly with a little a little midriff some pants and they're but they're flowy and silky puffy sleep like i was like oh my god it's a jasmine outfit (laughs) it is it's a jasmine outfit because they describe how they come in at the but they're cinched at the bottom kind of like joggers but they're flowing and kind of iridescent very cute i mean one thing i noticed is she is put at ease once she's in this great hall and i noted back to the first book i wrote down two notes from the first book one her dresser drawer did they talk about their dressers in the first book how elaine's is painted with flowers and nesta's is fire and hers was painted with the night sky hers is stars i don't remember that but maybe they did and then the bog she says that when she's riding with lucian on the bog and he's like don't look at it don't look at it think only positive things only positive things she says and i thought about the endless night sky in her head so i like for some reason this place is bringing her calming it's calm and it's open. She can see she's not under the mountain or a mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not what she expected immediately. Right. Yeah. Um, re- what's really sad is Reese's skin is darker because mm-hmm. he's been allowed to be outside again. And I just find that sad that like for 50 years, like he lost his mm-hmm. tan because he yeah. couldn't even spend time outside. This powerful, powerful person was imprisoned for 50 years. Reinforces the Ben Barnes. Uh, casting yeah absolutely absolutely. he's he's, he's got that tan skin right and also it's like um i don't know maybe that's why it took him three months to get back to pharaoh maybe he's dealing with his own trauma and like going to say hi to his buds like who knows getting his court in order right yeah like there's a lot of stuff um i've got to say something that i was really drawn to in this chapter that 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 i noticed is I thought it was very deliberately paralleled to her time entering the spring court. Mm. It's like um, 
from getting that n- fancy outfit to the bedroom to like sort of being like, oh, you're not a prisoner here. You could go wherever you want. And she's like, well, can I go home? And they're like, not that though. <laughs> so um, I kind of just noticed th- that that it was it was. I'm sure deliberate because it, it hits such yeah. a thing. He does. She, Sarah obviously even puts in the line, you're not a prisoner, Farah. Yes. Which is very similar to what Tamlin said. You're not a prisoner here. You can go where you want if you don't want to stay here, but you can't go home. Mm-hmm. That's a place and, you're not allowed to go. And then this is a little detail that I liked is in one line near the end of the chapter, she refers to like the expression Reese was wearing mm-hmm. as no doubt his favorite mask. And I was like, hey, this goes into the parallel because they were literally wearing masks. Absolutely. In spring court. And it's more like Reese is wearing a figurative mask all the time. He is. And his favorite one is. is the aloof. The, the aloof, aloof, like aloof, cocky, aloof, cocky flirt. Yeah, dude. that's his favorite. But yeah. he that mask slips when he first gets there. She first gets there. He is disgusted by the wedding dress. He's mm-hmm. disgusted by her gloves. Um, mm-hmm. he's the the whole thing is stupid. And he says things like, "Does Tamlin even know you can't see certain colors and go into certain rooms?" Like he is pissed at Farah because she can't close her mind off. He's annoyed by her. Honestly, yeah. he's like, "You're screaming in my head all the goddamn time." Yeah. Does he know? Ugh. But it's like layered because it's like, yeah, I'm annoyed that I'm dealing with your trauma on top of my trauma, but also I'm just more even annoyed with Tamlin. Right. Because he already is annoyed with Tamlin. <laughs> and then Tamlin's not dealing with the trauma after he like, watched him sit there and, and not like, deal with you, you dying. you got the girl. You need to, pull, you know, man up. Yeah. yeah. Pull it together. Yeah. Um, and then she throws a shoe at Reese's head. I love head. it. I love it. it it's, 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 it's a step up from hiding a, a butter knife in your sleeve. The <laughs> action. This is the action <laughs> Marjorie Washington in the Throw first one. Throw your shoe. <laughs> your wedding shoe, no less. And it hits him. She's got good aim and speed. He's <laughs> like, ow. <laughs> and for somebody who can read minds, like he, he, knows, he didn't know it was coming. She's so fast now. She's a high face. And he just says, interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, she kind of storms off. And all we hear is this female voice. So that went well, mm-hmm. which we'll get to her next chapter. Right. I was worried. I was worried for a second. That it but was a love interest? No. That it was. I was. I, Amarantha? No. Oh. I was worried it was going to be a trope where he has like a quirky little sister and it shows out that he's actually a nice guy. And little sister, it could have been she's the cousin that's yeah. not the trope changed the trope changed because he's they actually annoy each other mm. but the, and i was like okay good it's not just like haha i'm the little usually to make a bad guy seem nice they give him a niece or a little sister or a something to make them seem nice like more coddling yeah it's yeah. like here's the person who i'm actually he's nice a paternal to. person i mean going yeah. way back to even it, they even did it with mr darcy so right it's like absolutely i was so right. worried and then I was like, okay, they subverted it a little bit because I was going to be definitely annoyed, annoyed by it. Um, yeah. But then Pharaoh's bedroom has a freaking infinity pool. What the fuck? <laughs> Why don't I have an infinity <laughs> pool just hanging off the side of my mountain apartment? What is that? I mean, I think you just need to talk to producer about that. I guess Animation. I will talk to producer. Excuse me. I would like an infinity pool off the top of my house. Thank you. I thought a really real scene was her sitting there taking her own bobby pins out. I Mm -hmm. think that's visceral, and I think it's true. You do it after a long day, being at a fancy event. 
Um, and for those of you who have a partner, they've probably helped you with that before. So there's like, it's a very like to sit there doing it alone when you were mm. expecting to do it with somebody else is very sad. Like I do feel sad for Feyre in that moment, but I'm also happy that she is not married to somebody that she doesn't like currently feel a hundred percent she wants to be married to. And I was interesting because I think she kind of says in, in this chapter in her, her, in her head that she wants to get better first. It's like, I want to mm. marry Tamla, but I need to get better first to de- kind of like to deserve him. And I'm like, girl, not, not that. Get better first. Yeah. Yes. But not but to deserve him. Not to deserve him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. You're, you're partway there. <laughs> she is. She's on her way. She's on her way. Um, but then the two maidens come in, the yes. twins, and we finally learn their names. And Pharaoh realizes that like she didn't even care to ask their names when she was under the mountain. Uh, we have Nuwala and Caradwin, and she says that they are now fully corporeal because they were kind of shadow, mm. right? They were yeah, a shadow they were under. Like, yeah, they were like drifting through walls and shit. Yeah. So Nuwala is an Irish female name, and it's derived from Irish mythology that she was the daughter of Lear, and it was an alternative alternative name. Um, for the woman who was the wife or the wife of the king of the fairies. So Nuala is a fairy mythology name. Mm-hmm. Caradwin comes from Welsh and it means poetry or song and it means white, fair or holy. And in the Welsh legend or folklore, she was a white witch or goddess that um wait and is considered to be the goddess of poetry, inspiration, and of the cauldron of transfiguration. Oh. So we've got some cauldron lingo in here with Nuala and Caridwin. But I was glad to see them back. This is the parallel to Alice, right? Mm-hmm. These are the night court maidens. Yes. Help ladies in waiting, mm-hmm. one might say. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. I have that the bond was explained. Get, I mean, we get yes, a lot we more in, in, okay. in depth yeah, you're right. um, into that in later chapters, but we do have that. Um, we get the beginning of like, he's been hearing all this stuff. Right. She gets in pulled her. into breakfast. He's been hearing stuff. He explains that it's not always night there. Mm-hmm. He's upset with her because she lost weight. And that's she's when she's like, why are you always in my head? And he's like, because uh, you're shouting into my head. I'm not going. You are projecting. Also gave me a lot of Harry Potter vibes with the Harry Voldemort occlumacy. Yeah, the Snape being able to weave in and out. Seeing in the memories memories and being able to see each other's dreams and into each other's minds and stuff like that and having to guard it. Yeah, and he mostly... He mostly says, like, you're shouting at me, but then she's like, when do you pry? And I thought that was a a really important moment when he was like, when I can't hear you, when you're so silent that I think you're dead and I have to go in to make sure you're not. That really hit me in the gut because Tamlin isn't checking when she's in the bathroom vomiting in the room next to him. And Reese is like, she's so empty and depressed that I think she might be dead. I Mm -hmm. should probably check on that. Yeah. That's... Um, a good friend. That's a good friend right there. Like somebody that like you went through trauma with under the mountain and now you're buds. Like, right. Actually caring, actually trying. Right. All right. And then he says, you're going to read this week. Let's do it. What do you got for quotes? Okay. I liked this. But as soon as darkness enveloped the room, my sobs hit in full, great gasping pants that shuddered through me, flowing out the open windows into the starry snow-kissed night. 
Hmm. Just the visual. I can imagine like what that would be if they they were filming it, like someone crying alone and then it like panning up to the window and the beautiful view and it just yeah. Mm-hmm. painted a picture it, it reminds me of Belle throwing herself on the bed oh, in yeah. the castle that first night that mm-hmm. she's there after the dresser is like telling her what's going on um, or the wardrobe mm-hmm. um, mine was her when she's describing her room the narrow ledge on the adjacent wall was lined with fat guttering candles and I could picture a fat guttering candle, and <laughs> I I don't know that I would have been able to describe a fat guttering candle, but Sarah did. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sarah. Chapter six. Um. All right. My chapter title was "How to R- Harass Someone into Learning." I named it RateMyProfessor.com. <laughs> <laughs> because he's hot but he's a real jerk he's a chili pepper though (laughs) that's for sure oh my goodness all right so here's my quick little summary so we have a recent favorite dinner time squabbles we meet more again slash more um then we have some lesson time where we do reading and shielding and banter dot 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 we end the chapter with the question war um, this was like the smallest of the three. No, the of last the four. one is. The last one is. The last one is, yeah. And I, I broke this one up into breakfast and reading lessons. So let's start with the breakfast. We're, we're already there, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I want you to learn to read. And she's like, absolutely not. She puts on her typical Feyre, I'm going to reject this idea immediately. Yes. And he yes. comes back several times in this breakfast with bantery sarcasm. Mm-hmm. What else are you going to do, Farah? Paint? How's that going these days? Oh, you know, yeah. he, he lays it on thick. He knows. Yeah, he really does. And it was honestly, their banter is great. It's, it's so. I can picture it happening. Yeah. It's real. Mm-hmm. It seems real to me. Like that conversation where they're cutting each other off and moving the conversation forward without being like, what did you do today? Yeah. And I think I think it's interesting. I think they challenge each other. Mm. Like, Reese doesn't shut her down when she's talking, but he doesn't let her get away with her BS either. Right. He's like, all right, well, what about this? Like, I, I, I enjoy I enjoy it. It's very lively. And because she is so easily um, irritated <laughs> and he is just so easily... Uh, likes irritating people yeah. <laughs> that it just is really fun <laughs> and he's so unflappable like it's very hard to get under his skin unless right. you're the morgan yeah um i feel like their banter is much closer to the fair illusion vibe um i uh, thought that thought that a lot which yeah. is very nice because lucian and her were were very close yes. and will continue to be close so i like it mm-hmm. so one thing that happens at breakfast is Feyre bends her fork Oh, um, yes. Very, on accident. Very Tamlin. <laughs> and, and, yeah, very Tamlin with her anger. And again, Reese says, interesting. Mm-hmm. And there's that whole, what, am I not allowed to say it twice? That was my quote for the chapter. Oh, that okay. bit of banter <laughs> is I'll let interesting. You... you said it last night. Am I not allowed to say it twice? And I was like, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. But it, she is strong. And I think... Reese is pointing out, like, Tamlin's kind of hiding this from you. He's not, and Dianthe, mm-hmm. they're, like, not letting you know, like, yeah, what yeah, what yeah. other powers are there? But then more just kind of comes in <laughs> and <interrupts. laughs> circumvents breakfast. So how do you feel about the Morrigan? 
Why do you keep saying it, the Morrigan? Because the Morrigan is a thing. It's a Celtic goddess. Oh, And okay. she is a title. So the Morrigan is a renowned Celtic goddess associated with war, destiny, and fertility. Okay. Um, well, and her name is just Morrigan. Her name is Morrigan, but she will sometimes introduce herself as the Morrigan. Okay. So we are, we are led to believe throughout this series that she is a very very powerful fae okay in obviously being related to and interconnected with reese that would make total sense and also being part of the night court Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a very big deal but here's how she's described incredibly beautiful curvy body rich brown eyes um this bright golden hair that's long and wavy she has tan skin and full lips and just a dazzling smile and couldn't give a fuck about what reese wants yep <laughs> which is gonna i think make uh farah like her a little bit right i mean it's interesting i thought their dynamic is interesting because we get to hear more details it's his cousin he's like why don't you just do this little stuff in the court you're supposed to be doing and she's <laughs> like i don't wanna um apparently they're the last of each other's family and i'm like oh my god what depressing backstory is there but it's not necessarily that they have like I don't know. I was going to say they don't have affection for each other, but it's like, they're not cutesy. They're not like, oh, I'm going to cling to you because we're the last family I have. It's like, oh, we're we're the people who are doing this. We're in charge of this court. Mm-hmm. Like, we work together. You have a job. I have a job. And you can tell that more is there because she heard Feyre showed up. Like, oh, yeah. She wants to know what's going on. Obviously, like, if. He came home. He probably had to explain all the information to more. This is what happened. This is how we got free. I mean, et cetera, et cetera. She probably knows a lot of the details. And then she wasn't there under the mountain. Though. She was not under. The but mountain. we don't know where yet. Yes, we do not know where because he very quickly cuts, cuts her, her off, off and says, that's enough more, mm-hmm. which she listens to. Mm-hmm. So obviously he pulls rank sometimes. Yes. Yes. Reese. Pull in rank when more is about to slip where she was. Yikesies. Yeah. Intriguing. I like her. I like them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was quickly with that scene. I was like, okay, it's not the trope exactly that I thought it was going to be. So Perfect. thank goodness. Because I was like, I'm going to hate it. <laughs> I feel like because it's so cheap and I feel like it wouldn't fit for Reese if he just suddenly had like a little sister, a little niece, or a little cute. puppy that he's like, oh, now I'm cute and nice and affect earnest with someone mm-hmm. and it's like no 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 no. reese is mean no he's i don't say he's mean but he's not earnest okay you know everything's under layers there's so many layers there's he, so many layers he does lie to everyone it's it's he's very he might be doing something that's true or saying something that's true but it's under a layer of like sarcasm yes and then he's doing it to serve some ulterior motive that we all don't know what it is yep and it could be to serve the common good or it could be to fit his needs yeah yeah very exactly. much. Okay. So, reading lessons. Reading lessons. All right. This is one of my um, first squealy moments. Okay. Because she's sounding out what she's reading that he wrote down. And that it's the, you look absolutely delicious today, Feyre. And I was just like cackling. <laughs> I was like, that is so funny. <laughs> and <can't>. also delicious <laughs> is a hard word to pronounce it's got again it's sh- yes. sarah is picking some very good words here um but yeah you look absolutely delicious today farah is hysterical and it's cute he again is being mr reese flirt he is he is um 
I think he's earnest about wanting to. I don't know. It's so funny because this is another parallel because Tamlin kind of tried to help her read. And like Reese is doing it completely differently. Yeah. But Reese, I think, is also honest with her. He says a couple things. He's like, you're going to have to know how to do it anyway because you got to answer letters, this, that, and the other. But also, I need you to read for my purposes. So can you please learn how to read? Uh, Yeah, that's – you know what? I can't believe you said he's honest with her because that's what I thought. I was like, between all these things, he is ultimately honest with her and direct. Mm -hmm. Um, And he just says it head on. You know, and I understand in part of the first book that Tamlin, there was the curse, so they couldn't speak directly. Mm-hmm. But he could have spoken directly with her about reading. Right. Like, he was so cagey and awkward. Like, he didn't want her to get upset. And Reese is kind of like, I don't care if you're upset. This is a necessary skill. Yeah. You have to learn how to do this. And I need you to know how to do this. I'm not going to tell you why I need you to know how to do this. But I need you to know how to do it. Yeah. Which is... Pretty nice of him, self-serving of him. But then he adds this layer onto it where he's like, and I need you to learn how to shield your mind. Yes. And he just starts digging claws into her brain. <laughs> That's terrifying. And he's like, push me out. Do it. Do it. Do it. And just makes her practice. And they practice. And then he just leaves. He's like, all right, I'm going to go about my business. You do this for an hour. <laughs> See you then. Uh, and I don't know, we get this distinct feeling that, or I get a distinct feeling from these chapters that Reese does not like Ianthe. Uh, distinct feeling? He basically <laughs> says it. <laughs> he says it out loud. He, he doesn't is, like her. He, I, I've developed a bit of a theory more on Ianthe. Okay, go I for it. Still, so, I still think she's a social climber. Um, but more importantly, I think she is a social climber with no loyalty. Mm. So that's what she ran when Reese was in. She was in Hyburn. 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 So part of me, when she was there, I was like, is she actually working for the king? But I don't think she is. I don't think she's working for the king of Hyburn. I think she is too weak-willed for that. I mm. think she goes where it is safe and comfortable. And there's you can't trust her to have your back when a hard time comes. And honestly, that's a kind of dangerous person to have around because they're not, they don't have your back. Yeah, I think that's a, a good read on Ianthe and her story is going to develop a lot in the next two books. So it's good that we, and priestesses in general, their story mm-hmm. is going to develop. Like we're going to get more of that world. Interesting. In different like courts. three characters in the first book. I know. <laughs> and now it's like, and now the rest of the world. And now everybody else is here. Um, which I think Feyre confronts that in this book in like chapter 16 or 17 she she will confront the fact that she's like wow this is a pretty big universe that i am mm-hmm. not a part of so <laughs> a little fun fact when i was reading this mm-hmm. I know, is there like a time period this is roughly supposed to be set i'm sure you said it in an early episode no there is not there so there's time periods in between the the three sets of books but it's not like in relation to modern okay time i was interested because reese was like and then you'll be reading novels by blah 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 by this time by nicer which i was confused by at first because i thought that was an author in the fairy world but it turned to be a holiday it was mm. not a by nicer mm-hmm. like by this time but i was thinking i was like well this is kind of like olden times they might have not had novels yet because did you know novels while there are if you google like what was the first novel there will be things identified back into the 1100s, but those are like one-off things that people are like, this is basically the first novel. 
that did not really become a conventional literary form and genre until like the 1800s. So was it mostly like epic poems? It was like epic poems, poems. like Beowulf and Odyssey. Mm-hmm. That's how those stories were told. They were the told Iliad. prose, hmm. which is this, which one of our stories on the rocks. I know, Katie, I did it backwards. All, no, you guys just always don't know what prose is. You're like, it's fancy writing. Is it poetry? It's like, no, prose is just literally this. It's yeah. this book. Prose is just not verse. I've learned now. <laughs> people have told me online <laughs> that I've gotten it wrong. I know, you guys are always confused about uh, multiple episodes. But anyway... You guys should also listen to her story on the rocks. Oh, promotion. Hmm, nice promo. Nice yeah, promo. Sorry, I got you. I got your back. But anyway, that was a funny thing. I was like, wait, is this supposed to be set in a corresponding human years in some way? Because mm. there might not be novels yet. Right. There might not be. But maybe there is in fairy world. Maybe I Reese wrote them all. Maybe. Who knows? I will all say right. one thing towards the end of this before we do quotes that unless you have other things that I think is interesting is that when he comes back to get her before taking her to the map room. Mm-hmm. He lands far away from Farah and makes his present n- presence known. Mm. Because he saw into this moment that we didn't see where Farah levels Tamlin because he scared her from behind. Mm. Mm-hmm. Her mm-hmm. reaction to PTSD. So we are learning that she not only can throw a shoe very strong, but she is strong enough to level a high lord when surprised. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> very Am I not allowed to say it twice? <laughs> okay, um, Marjorie. No, wait, wait, wait. I have one more thing. I have one more thing. Okay, one more thing. I think it's important because it, it was in last chapter. It's in this chapter, and it's going to be repeated and reinforced in the next chapter. But Reese keeps repeatedly pointing out Feyre's diminished role in the spring court, mm. how she is being put in pretty dresses, how she's not being told anything, how Tamlin and Ianthe are pulling the things. And he keeps saying it. And I think this is another interesting thing. He doesn't sit down and have one conversation. He just repeats it, and he prods at it, and he insinuates it and he makes sarcasm about it and it's like building up that he's pointing it out to her so she hears it over and over again so that she can make that like connection for herself mm-hmm. that, like this isn't right yeah um this is a very Reese way of doing things yeah um but yeah that was the last thing I think that's important that is a running theme through these couple of night court chapters yeah it's like the you have to hear something seven times before you remember it type mm-hmm. of type of <laughs> thing where it's like if I'm gonna study I have to study seven <laughs> times he's like I'm gonna do it again he's and like again. the first part of admitting you have a problem is admitting you have a problem <laughs> like so we gotta get you to admit it all right let's get to a space all right let's quotes. quote Quotes, quotes. I have a second bit of banter because the first one was stolen. Okay, sorry. All right, it's okay. You're a high lord. Don't you have better things to do? Of course, but none of them are are as enjoyable as seeing you squirm. Mm -hmm. He loves it. He loves making people uncomfortable. Yes. My quote is, by the end, I thought you were different. I thought it was all a mask. But taking me away, keeping me here? His eyes darkened. I'm not your enemy, Feyre. Oh, God. She is so confused. Because then I think she goes on to say, Tamlin says you are. Everyone else thinks you are. Oh, girl. Oh, come <laughs> on, girly girl. He is kind of an enemy. He, he killed. Is. He killed a lot of people for 50 years yeah. for Amarantha. But Let's make that very clear. He murdered a lot of people's family members in front of them. But also make it clear, Farah, you need to make these decisions for yourself. Absolutely. You need to evaluate this position if we're going to be part of this world. Right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Chapter 7? Chapter 7. I named it Good Cop, Bad Cop. I wrote it, I write war, not strategies. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. 
For the summary, uh, Reese and Farah have a war talk. He tries to convince her to step into her role in the mm-hmm. spring court. She does a week worth of homeschooling and overhears an important conversation between Moore and Reese. Then Reese takes her home. Tamlin pumps her for information before telling her she may not step into her role of power in the spring court. Yes. That is this chapter. Should we leave it at that and move on? (laughs) Well, I think there's a few things to dissect, though. No, there's a lot to dissect. Mm -hmm. So I guess let's break it down with the when we are in the war room. Okay. So, you know, first she's like, Reese mentioned war. He's going to be the one waging war. And he's like, wait, 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 hold it. Hold it. Hold up a second. No, no, no. It's the king of Highburn. 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 Hi, you burned me. Highburn. I got to remember it. (laughs) Highburn. Look, I finally figured out Prithian after calling it Fairyland. You've got it. Highburn. Now look at the Highburn. Fairy Island. (laughs) Fairy Ireland. Yes. (laughs) All right. And yeah, she thinks he's a monster. She's like, you're going to attack and kill the people. And he's like, wait, 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 no. And then, oh, he mentioned that in an early chapter that he had fought in the mortal Thay alliance. Yeah. Which, opposite, surprise. Opposite of Tamlin's family. Opposite of Amarantha. Uh-huh. He was fighting on the other side. Which is probably why a lot of his family is dead. And we also find out that he is older than Tamlin because Tamlin yes. was too young to fight. But Reese is... More ancient than Tamlin, and he was on the front lines mm. of battle. He was sent- so Tamlin. What do you know about Reese? You weren't there, <laughs> exactly. Oh, <sighs> and your family was on the wrong side of fairy history, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> These God. people, right? Yes. This is it's very. This war talk is interesting because it's the first time we get to hear somebody who was at the war explain pieces of the war. Mm-hmm. It was before it was Tamlin explaining what and he had heard of the war. And then like Alice explaining like, right. here's the stories from the war. Yeah. But we learn about Reese and he is talking about the priestesses angling for control like wolves around a carcass mm-hmm. and he's talking about he anytime Lucian's name comes up he laughs he's like Lucian right. <laughs> he like thinks Lucian is a joke which is so unfair <laughs> because Lucian has this tragic backstory in Autumn Court and like is a refugee in Springport. Right. Like, I feel like that's just the type of person Reese would like. I think they would actually get along in like a real situation, but Lucian's Tamlin's lackey and he doesn't respect Tamlin. So why is he going to respect Lucian? I guess, I guess. But he, he, in, in telling Farah all of this, cause she's like, why me? Why would you tell me this? Tamlin won't even let me in on his war talks. She finds out that he wants her power wants to use it for good we think he we think he wants her to figure out that she has maybe the high power of multiple high lords yeah and that she could use it to level highburn yeah and he's like why aren't we doing that that's like a really good plan yes (laughs) he's like why are you doing that you're a badass bitch who beat amarantha as a mortal right and you have all this potential power right also you shouldn't just be not have control over it, not know how to use it. Yeah, that's more dangerous. Yeah. That's like in, um, oh, God, my Harry Potter knowledge is getting so bad. The Every superhero movie ever. Yeah, you, <laughs> if you hold the power in, it destroys you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very bad thing. Mm-hmm. Editing Alley here. I was referring to an obscurus in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So she does, uh, but then he's like, I got to go. 
I got I have stuff to do in other parts of my land. Um, Mm-hmm. disappears for a while she practices all week he leaves her little things she has to copy and mm-hmm. read etc imagine him like taking these in a handwriting and like putting them and folding them up as little like informations affirmations on his bedside table each day and he's like <laughs> reese is the most cunning high lord <laughs> looking in the mirror <sighs> you know absolutely <laughs> and i so there are these really funny memes of like this with like reese writing it in this beautiful scrolling script and then Farrell like kindergarten handwriting <laughs> with, like, like crayon <laughs> backwards R's. Oh. Uh, Reese is the most cunning high lord. <laughs> uh, I'll have to send some to you. They're really really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll find about it like a temple that was attacked. Caesar, yeah, that is when the she overhears this conversation between Moore and Reese. Mm-hmm. We hear a lot in this. We hear about Caesar, which I found out I couldn't find a root word for that except for the word Caesar. So it's right. just the highest. Uh, temple northernmost outpost in the night court mm-hmm. which is all the way up in like Wales or some yes. shit up there Scotland At, we hear the names Asriel and Cassian which mm-hmm. I'm not going to scri- describe today because we're going to learn more about them in the future okay. but Illyrian war bands this is the first time we hear that a warrior race within my lands I actually flipped back to the map for this one mm-hmm. which you know I usually don't think about it and I was like, okay, I see where they are above the top of the night court. So the Illyrians are yeah. living up there. Some of them sided with Amarantha, and they have been hunting them. Him and Cassian and Asriel have been hunting them down mm-hmm. and what? killing them. What's Reese been doing for three months? He's been getting his court in order. Yeah, people were on. There's probably a lot of stuff, you know. Farah and Tamlin have been trying to get the spring court in order all this time, right? He, that's what he's been doing. He he's has, got a lot to he's do. Got responsibilities. He's got to get rid of the traitors. He's, he's got to get rid of traitors. He's got to get people free. He's got to get things reestablished. Like he's got a lot to do. Yeah, he can't even hang out with Farah for a week. He's like, I'll be with you the first day and the last day. In between, yeah, yeah, you got to yeah, figure yeah. shit out by yeah, yourself. You do, yeah. Um, but Illyrians. Illyria is an actual place in ancient Greece. Okay. Um, and they were a group of Indo-European speaking people that inhabited the Western Balkan Peninsula. So when you look up a map of ancient Greece, it'll say Illyria right above that. Also, in Star Trek, Illyrians were a banned species because they had this... Um, penchant for genetic modification mm. and they would be like thrown in jail and stuff so mm-hmm. illyrian is like a of a real word and also a fantasy word so if you're feeling like that that seems familiar that's why okay it does it does yeah very greek yeah it is but i i liked this conversation i like that more and reese were she looks at pharaoh like i don't know if i'm supposed to talk about this in front of you and reese is like Get on with it more. Like, we got shit to do. It's a little bit also another parallel. Like, I feel like the first book has Feyre overhearing things all the time. And here she's overhearing. And then she actually, like, is like, okay, what is this? What's that? Mm-hmm. And involved. he talks to her about it. Yeah. Whereas. But, of course, he's trying to convince her. He's like, I need you to care about these things that are happening. Yeah, they just slaughtered all these priestesses. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Yeah. They're murdered. Um, And this is going to directly parallel to the spring court where. Tamlin wants her to have nothing to do with these conversations, yep. the war conversations. She's not allowed to be in, in them. Lucian no. can't talk to her. Ianthe can't talk to her. She can't practice. She can't learn. She doesn't need to know about it. She doesn't need to worry about it. And she's like, well, shit. Yeah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. So then we go home. We go home. 
Tamlin yeah. has trashed the house. I wrote Red Flag Man. <laughs> that I I book one. I was like, I didn't think he was that red flag considering his circumstances. But then you go home and he's trashed the house because he's so upset. It's like, get yourself together. This is like when you meet a boy on vacation and then you go home like to actual life and he's a huge dickhead mm. and you're like wow vacation you is so different from like, real you right. like Tamlin, you were supposed to be worse under the worst circumstance of your life and now you should be better than you were right but you you're being a d-bag in book one when mm-hmm. you had horrible things going on and horrible stress yeah <sighs> he he's like you're never going back there she knows it's an empty threat and then instead of kissing her and welcoming welcoming her home and whatnot, he just pumps her for information, which this I actually appreciated this because he included her in this Tamlin Lucian right, favorite right. trio. Like, I get, it gets her like she's now like in the middle of this like different sides of this politics and mm-hmm. she's going to have to build up and figure out where she wants to be in it because she feels guilty about spilling all this stuff about reese when he was nothing but kind to her but then she's like well maybe i shouldn't have trusted him like yeah. maybe this is all a whatever um i also saw that a red flag for Feyre, red flag on the field tries to use sex to avoid the problems of the conversation uh-huh bad girl yeah no <laughs> you have to talk it out please <laughs> yes but we have a parallel moment here. She just left this conversation with Reese and Moore mm-hmm. where Moore looks at her and Reese is like, keep going. And then Tamlin and Lucian keep making eyes at each other while she talks about the night, the night court, but they never explain what they're thinking in front of her. Right. I mean, she also, I believe it's this chapter brings up, that's the next chapter she talks about training. No, it's this chapter. It's this chapter. Um, that, you know, maybe she should be trained for these powers. And, like, Tamlin's like, no, it's too big of a risk. People can't know you're powerful. They'll come after you. So And our children. And our chi- and, and our son. Not our, our children. Ch- oh, yeah. Our, our son. Tamlin. Oh. <laughs> Sorry um, for that wail, but, yeah. oh, my God. But Lucian even is like, come on. Maybe you should let her train. Like, he does try. He does. He's like, I'll tra- he, Tamlin's being much more of a big dick to Lucian, too. Yeah. In this book. Well, it, isn't this is no she oh that's later never mind um yeah he is being a dick to lucian he i think he expects a lot of lucian because he's lost so many centuries um and warman and now he's home and he needs lucian to fall in line and him and lucian have just kind of been dicking around i really think tamlin should realize that lucian was the person who was his right hand man through the worst times that he should want Lucian to be more than a yes man who falls in line. He yeah. should be the confidant. It's like, tell me if I'm doing something stupid. Absolutely. Like, you need someone like that, not mm-hmm. someone who just, mm, I have thoughts. I'll bring him up next chapter. Yeah, he's he's so this. scared. He, I, I mean, Tamlin is scared and revealing it through anger and controlling-ness. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's terrible. I guess I get it, but also I'm like, I feel like we should have learned some lessons. Yeah. Her. By the of end course, of the what's chapter, Anthea's influence too. What's her influence on these decisions? Right. Is he say? Is she saying absolutely not? Don't let Feyre train because Ianthe wants to be the most powerful woman in the Spring Court. And I mean, she's. We know she had influence, has influence over the tithe we starting. So mm-hmm. it's like, what influence is is she have here, mm-hmm. and what ideas does she have about how a court is supposed to be run? And also, this would drive me crazy mm-hmm. if I was Feyre. Is Tamlin? 
bouncing ideas off of Ianthe, but not Feyre. Uh. That to me is like an emotional cheating. Yeah, it's I like know an intellectual it's not cheating. Yeah, it's not fair. Like if you're gonna have a really great job, he has a work wife. Right, bounce your idea. <laughs> Even if you want to bounce your ideas off of her because she's been a fairy, you know, her whole life, unlike me, who's been a fairy for three fucking months. Yes, bounce ideas off of Ianthe. But I'm also Feyre Cursebreaker. <laughs> Excuse me, Feyre You wouldn't be here if it weren't for me. Right. So, so you fell in love with me, you idiot. Feyre Cursebreaker. Right. Like, Mittengarm Warden like, Slayer. I wonder if it's like just shows that he doesn't respect her in that context i think some old prejudices well tamlins def- are really a flying in the next chapter yeah 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 so let's aye. do some quotes okay do you want to go first yes my quote is referring to towards the beginning when reese is describing the fey uh from highburn attacking the wall and her family and she says each breath was like swallowing glass. Mm. And I feel like that when I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand what she meant. All right. This is a little long. This is a, a, from, from the mouth of Lysand mm. himself. I have, my, two, I have two stars. My high lord. <laughs> I have two stars oh. next to this quote. I usually star my favorite quote for later, but this one has two stars. And it's Ooh. more of a paragraph than a quote. Got it. I will say this once and only once. You can be a pawn, be someone's reward, and spend the rest of your immortal life bowing and scraping and pretending you're less than him, than Ianthe, than any of us. If you want to pick that road, then fine. A shame, but it's your choice. But I know you more than you realize, I think, and I don't believe for one damn minute that you're remotely fine with being a pretty trophy for someone who sat on his ass for nearly 50 years and sat on his ass while you were shredded apart. I screamed. This was my second squeal. I was like, oh, shit. Drop the mic. Drop the mic, Rasand. Drop it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like. Sat on his ass for 50, 50 years. years. And then sat on his ass while you were shredded apart. Stop it. And then it's like, oh, my God. It's nice. It's very nice. It's good. It was a good speech. And it's been building up. Like, he's been saying the same things. But then he's just like come on he's like i think he knows how lost she is to her depression to her trauma to everything she's Mm -hmm. lost Mm -hmm. all right chapter eight chapter eight of course i titled it tamlin's a republican i titled it taxation without representation (laughs) you can't tread on us marjorie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's going to be a revolution of the lower fae, and you know what? They deserve it. They're called the lesser fae in this book, but okay. okay. I don't know. <laughs> lesser fairies. I read a different story where it was like the high fae and the low fae, mm-hmm. so I'm sorry. That's okay. And when I say story, I, I mean fan fiction. Yeah, you're allowed. But it wasn't for this. It was no. a fan fiction for something. Better else. not be. No. Without my permission. No. <laughs> this, is your, this was not your. It was earlier this year. All right. Was, okay. Can you summarize chapter eight for me? Yeah, summary. The tie this year, we have a... Uh, water wraith who has no fish. Um, Tamlin's a dick. There's fairy racism. <laughs> um, Faye gives her her jewelry so she can get fish, and they argue about this. And Feyre accidentally goes into Lucian's head for a moment. Wowza! Okay, let's break this down. All right, she comes home. Okay. We already have that, right? 
Yeah, yeah. she's home. Okay. And it, this is like the tithe. This is basically the tithe chapter. Yeah, she says, I we had one day together where we like made love in tall grass and like hung out, but then Tamlin went about his whatever. Also, do we think Reese can feel them having sex? If he hears Farah yelling through the through this bond, can he hear her? I listen, I think he can put up his own shield when he wants to. Mm, but he's listening just he's in case. He's listening just in case. Oh, okay. All right. That's um, fair. I never thought about that. I d- I, yeah, I don't think it's like so. He knows how to put up the shield. He, yeah, this he's is good his with power. That. This is his mind power. Yeah, he's good at that. Um, I think he is paying attention, but then he's like, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. Okay. Like, so I just wanted to check on that because that's like the second sentence of the book and, or the, that chapter. And I was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the tithe. Yeah. People are lining up. She asks Ianthe, like, what am I supposed to do? And Ianthe's like, just sit there, bitch. Yeah. And she's like, all right. So she sits on this throne while everybody comes up and cries at her feet and praises yes. her for hours and hours. <laughs> no, she was like, I was on board at 20 minutes. And then at <laughs> four hours, I was like, kill me now. And hours. Yeah. How big is the spring court? This is what I like. Do I they do this once a month? <laughs> I just, I don't have the concept for how big it is we went to a town tamlin says it's the out he's going to the outer borders of things like we went to that one town that was only a horse ride away but like it's a whole hours worth of people are lined up it makes me think of like um i feel like there's like a scene in like the ten commandments when they're bringing all this presents for the pharaoh Mm -hmm. like in a big procession Mm -hmm. um yeah and i mean we gotta we gotta we gotta go take our brain back to this is more of like a feudalistic society so there's going to be a lot more land that's like this is agriculture and it takes a lot of land to feed people and there's no cities right so it's not as densely populated but it would mean people from farther out would have to travel a while it's kind of wild this would be a once a month thing that's too much I think it's a, was it once a month or twice a year? Oh, maybe it's twice a year. But, but they he put it wants off. the water wraith, they put it off a month. Oh, okay. And they then, put it off three months or and something. And then he wants the water wraith to come back in a month with what she's supposed to bring or something. Yeah. yeah. But I think it might only be twice a year. Oh, I would okay. have to check okay, me okay. on that but because I'm not 100% positive. But it, this is, I couldn't understand how many towns they have and how many people are giving 10% of what. I just think we don't know enough about the spring court because Feyre is literally only allowed to be in the manor. In the manor, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's like a feudalistic mm-hmm. Absolutely. S- situation. And in those cases, yeah, everyone had to give something because it's technically the land of the Lord and mm-hmm. you have like a lease and thus you have to pay part of your production or your, your place of living to them as a sort of tax. Um, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know how many people are there, right? And this this water wraith, like Lucian, slides in front. In oh front yeah, of he makes a little bit of a disgusted face. Yeah, wrinkly nose. Tries to like keep Feyre protected, and then at one point, um, Ianthe walks by, but makes her to hold on to her valuables, her right, jewels right. on her belt. <laughs> and I was like, man, this is like ugly spot on. And then it's like, oh. But let's describe her. I think I love her, her. It's a very visceral description in the book. She's got a gray skin. She's spindly. She's nude. She's got this long, like, black hair. Like, she looks like the girl from The Ring in my head. I think they're going into, like, the more 
when you get like the more creepy mermaid depictions i know she's not a mermaid and that she has a she doesn't have a fish tail yeah but like when that's what it makes me think of like the 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 scary mermaids that are like i'm i i live in the deep ocean and right long webbed fingers and yeah yeah well water wraiths in mythology they haunt bodies of water including rivers and fords and they lure travelers in Mm -hmm. to drown them um but usually they're described as like dressed in they're bony but they're usually described as green Mm-hmm. A wraith in general is a type of Scottish ghost right. that has a history in black magic and sorcery. So this water wraith creature interested me because you're right. It does. It is described more like a creepy mermaid with legs. Yeah. Hmm. That's how I kind of. It popped right into my head. I was like, I got this one. Yeah. I got this one. <laughs> I understand what this is. But she's starving. There's no fish. There's no fish in the lake. And Feyre suggests, why don't we help her replenish the fish in the (laughs) lake instead of forcing her to go home and bring back more fish that she doesn't have? Yeah. He's like, this is the way my dad always did it, so I'm going to do it like this. You know, a very uh, intellectual way to run government. Your dad, who imprisoned, enslaved mortals. Right. He's your role model for how to run a court. Tamlin. Yeah. And starvation is plucking Pharaoh the wrong way. Oh, yeah. It's personal for her. I mean, you don't even have to be personal to see this is stupid. Yeah. Like it makes no sense and it's not. Mm. But she she's disagreeing with him in public in yeah. front of all these people. Yeah. And then I said storms. Was do. Yeah, you what did. I you said. predicted it last week. She is. She storms away. She storms away. She finds the the, rob- the wraith. Yeah. Gives her her jewels, her jewels that Tamlin gifted to her. I mean, but there she Who cares? Who cares? They're not special. It's not like her engagement ring or something. Yeah, exactly. But and the the water wraith is like, what do I owe you? She's like, absolutely nothing. And she's like, are you sure? Because this <laughs> is how Faye do it. We do deals. And she's like, no, just take it. Yeah. Babe. Take it. Please get what you need. Whatever. And of course they do this. She's just going to waste it. Like, you know? oh, <laughs> giving out handouts. That's literally the line. Giving out handouts won't help her in the long run. If you teach a person to fish. Wait a second. There's no fish there. <laughs> yeah. There's no fish. We can't teach her to fish because there's no fish. Like in you the need lake. to you need to do environmental like reparation repairs right now. Right. Like, like something listen. has to happen to help the lake. There's been there's nothing going on in the lake. How is she gonna waste. get you more fish? Yeah, there that's so much like a when you give somebody money or like give to a homeless shelter when they're people just are, they're just gonna waste it vital drugs and alcohol. Sarah knew exactly what she was doing it, with it, this it chapter. Was like <laughs> banging it on the head. It was like political commentary oh. at its finest I mean, in a Fay romance oh novel. Oh my god. <laughs> um, She's really doing, you know, I don't know if she's given Tamlin a fair chance because she just makes him behave really badly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, God. But also you can kind of believe it. It doesn't feel like, there's a term like called character assassination when you Mm. like, I mean, you probably heard it in politics, but in like writing when it's like you suddenly make the, usually often like the other part of a love triangle just be awful. It's what they did to to Dean in Gilmore Girls. Yeah, he got worse and worse. He got stupider and stupider. Yeah. So it's almost like, Part of me is like, is that this? But it's also like, I feel like I don't know Tamlin well enough that I think these are opposite to who he is. Right. We don't know about how he would act in normal life because we only saw him on like in this weird curse situation. Yeah. Um. They have dinner. 
Tamlin is like yelling at her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's yelling back. Lucian is like trying to defend Feyre. Mm-hmm. He's like, trying to mediate. Yeah, she meant no harm, man. Just like let it be. Like mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal. Uh, and Tamlin reams him out, and then Feyre's like, "Look up, look up, look at his eyes," and then whoop, accidentally oh. slides into Lucian's head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is described as endlessly sad, guilt-ridden, and hopeless. Boy, I know. Let me hug you, Lucian. I'm so sorry. Like, what? That's just, like, so despairing. Yeah, it's just, I can't believe that that's how Lucian feels. It's really upsetting to me. But, I mean, they just keep yelling, and we we pretty much end the chapter with Feyre storming out and just yelling, Mm -hmm. get over yourself. Yeah. Nice. Nice. But she also notices the table has burnt handprints in it. Dun, dun, dun. So we know she can smash things. She's super strong. We know she can mind things. And we know she can burn things. So we've got three powers so far. Yeah. Strength, fire, go into people's heads. Minds. Love it. What about heart? Heart. Yeah. These powers combined. I am Feyre Cursebreaker. <laughs> But she didn't need the powers to be fair or curse breaker. No. I don't know. That chapter is a, I mean, that's the shortest one. So, like, I know it's over quickly, but it is a very visceral, mm. like, we are learning who Tamlin is. We really are. And I think it's a good cap to what we just saw. Of course, we haven't seen Reese ruling his people yet. So, we haven't really seen that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, we've only seen. We've got Re- some racism. We got some sexism. <laughs> We got some My classism. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a mess. It is. It's spring court. So let's quote it out. All right. When did you go? Okay. This comes from when Ianthe tells Farah that she has to do nothing. And I think she's sinking back into her spring court role. So I brought this up. Easy enough and perhaps a relief to not be expected to speak or act. Mm. And I just found that so sad after the empowering buildup that she right. had for seven days. She's not putting into practice the things that Rhysand is telling right. her. So I, I actually like the moment when she flipped into Lucian's head. She wrote, thoughts landed to me, images and memories, a pattern of thinking and feeling that was old and clever and sad, so endlessly sad and guilt-ridden, hopeless. Now, I know this has so a lot many of, ends. I know it has so many ends, which while I don't bring that up anymore, I do keep track of it. And it is under my chapter titles for each chapter. Uh-huh. Um, but I think this is a really good example of playing with she plays with both ands and commas and an M dash. And it's like it works really well with it's a great example of pacing for the mm-hmm. idea of these memories just like popping hitting her and, and hitting her and hitting her. Mm. Um so I think it's just a really well constructed sentence. Nice. So yep. let's talk about some predictions. Mm-hmm. Um is how much is Reese using Feyre for his own gains? hundred percent, seventy five, fifty, twenty five. Those are your options. <laughs> Those are my options. Yeah, that's it. Fifty. He's 50% for his own gains. Okay. I mean, but his own gains is we don't know what those gains are yet. Are they noble gains or evil gains? We don't know. I can't tell you. I mean, he's definitely using her. He wants to use her Mm -hmm. for his political purposes. But I also think they will align ultimately with her belief system. Okay. Okay. Next 
ballpark mm-hmm. question. When are we going to meet the King of Highburn? Middle of this book, end of this book, next book. By the end of this book. Okay, by the end of this book, we're going to meet the King of Highburn. Okay. Um, How long is the back and forth between Reese and Tamlin gonna go? Six more months? A year. Three more months? Never. (laughs) I was thinking in book terms, and I was like, well, it's gonna be the first two acts, and then the third act, the real shit's gonna go down. Okay. First two acts, and then the real... The timeline, I don't know what the timeline... Because the timeline of the first book was so weird. It had a lot of time skips and jumps. Okay, so you're saying, if you're saying the first two acts, she's gonna have this back and forth, so the first 66% of the book, yeah, and then the last 33%, it's gonna be a break from the norm. Yeah, just like what we did in the first book where I went under the mountain. I think the last third is gonna be like the Mm -hmm. action set piece part. But yeah, timeline. So far, this has been a very constricted kind of timeline, relatively. Mm-hmm. The first book was just big leaps and jumps. Yeah. So it was day by day by day. And then all of a sudden, it was like a month later, three weeks later. Uh, yeah. I mean, but like books like Lord of the Rings also have big time jumps. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you have like the big external politics, sometimes you need the big time jumps because it's like battles, warriors can't just go across vast amounts of land right. and assemble armies. So. Overnight. Who knows? But yeah, yeah I'm not going to guess timeline because yeah. it's too hard. Okay. You're right. Okay. Um, last one. We know who more is. Who are Cassian and Asriel? Mm, are they are um, Reese's Lucian? Reese's Lucian. Okay. So let's. Do you have any predictions you want to say? You say um, them mostly during the chapter. I do. They always come up during the chapters. That's so fine. I think it was my A and B and my my feeling that I'm kind of falling on that Reese is relatively trustworthy. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what I think. I think he's not saying all, and I think there's bigger pieces, but I think he's relatively trustworthy. I feel yeah. like he seems direct. He he's relatively direct. trustworthy. I think what we know of him now is he's relatively trustworthy, but he is willing to get his hands dirty. He's willing to get his hands dirty, but he tells her when he's not telling her things. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like, I'm not going to tell you that right now. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Especially when you can't get your fucking shields up, Feyre. Also, when he knows she's not 100% on his side and yeah. she probably knows she's going to go back and tell Tamlin things. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to know what happened. So I can't tell her the most crucial things sure. until the, she's completely on my side. Yeah. He's smart enough to know that. He is. He is conniving and smart enough to know that. He's the most cunning high fey after all. <laughs> <laughs> after all. He is the most cunning high fey. Yeah. Let's rate this. <clears throat> oh, Yes. I would like to give five hugs to Lucian for being endlessly sad. Oh. I'm so sorry. Um, I wanted to give no fish to Tamlin mm. because um, following in your father's footstep when your father was a slaveholder. Come on. Not a come good idea. Now, well, that's interesting because I was going to give one dick punch to Tamlin for requiring fish from this wraith who is struggling. Well, I, I, perfect because no fish. Good. Yeah. Um, I was going to give five... Um, affirmations Mm -hmm. to Reese for reading (laughs) Tamlin for filth good that's great good I love it well everyone next week we're going to do chapters 9 10 11 and 12 they're a little shorter this time so they're Mm -hmm. not going to take up as much um they're still they're still action-packed and full of fun but they're (laughs) (laughs) shorter she's really trying to sell the book to you guys this book is great it's great okay Mm -hmm. we love you Join us again next week on the adventures of Ekamath.
You've been listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. We're a sister podcast to Her Story on the Rocks, independently produced by 1986 Entertainment and proudly recorded in Baltimore, Maryland. Join us in the Massiverse by reading along each week. All of our contacts and socials are available on herstoryontherocks.com. See you next week.